With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you are listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry Late Night Edition. This is... Um, I think the first time we've done an on-the-air at this particular – it might be the second time, but whatever. It's the first time I think we're going live. The last time we did this, I think, was a recorded version. But anyway, um, let's not get distracted by details. I have uh, Charles Clifford Brooks III, otherwise known as Cliff, with me tonight. Um, Cliff, hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. You are going to read us a poem. We talked about uh, opening with a poem, so I would love to hear you read from your new book. All right. Um, the first poem I'm going to read is called Sunday Chacon. It's from Whirling Metaphysics, one of the two books uh, within the publication. And um, Sunday Chacon, drinking absinthe outside the vortex, my friend buys lunch. Sinatra sings in a passing car as pink hair, street preachers, and we two lucid revelers step on the same sidewalk. Barely brushing the ground, traveling asphalt tributaries, trees thin, museums rise up, stone carves itself into forms. Graffiti blurs into an urban pollock. Shop windows warp our reflections. Atlanta concrete greets us, her face, many faces. Such skyscrapers lose us among anthropology students. Homeless, squatting with styrofoam cups, don't accost us. We're happily ambivalent, oozing around eye contact, invisible. A speck in the sea of this city. Crowds hush, air shimmers, pigeons First upward. Sunday she come. So now, all right, your new book. Tell us a little bit what what I want to know first off is how does it feel to have this book published now? Um, it's cathartic and nerve wracking at the same time, which uh, <laughs> seems to be my, my constant condition. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the amount of years in whirling metaphysics and then the purging from the draw broken eyes it leaves me with a peace you know that that I've, I actually got into this trying to find that allows me to sleep and and put my mind on other things but then the the nerve wracking part comes with uh, the public readings and talk of a tour mm-hmm. schedule and uh, answering questions from strangers who have really read my work and uh, <laughs> newspaper articles interviews um, so much of that book has in my, been in my head alone for so long. It's just uh, it's suddenly it's nerve-wracking to, to speak about it so openly with my shirt open. Well, now now tell us, because the first time I read the book, it was, uh, was a while back now, and I, what I thought was interesting about it was its structure. So talk a little bit about the structure of this book and how it came to be structured this way. 
Well, originally, um, the book began in 2002 when there was interest in my work, and I began to go through the poetry at that time, which I'd not done anything with. I'd never thought about a story or even a collection, and uh, it spanned from really poems I'd written from age 18 to 35. And um, mm. over those years, um, I've been working on it with different people to, to, to get it to, ready for publication. And so it's more of a of finding myself, and then within it, it's just broken into different forms that I use to express different kinds of thoughts and love of music or ideas about nature. Um, then about the middle of January of last year, um, I was iced in at my dad's house and I uh, couldn't get out. And in those four days that I was there, um, the draw broken eyes just came out um, in, the, in a torrent from things I'd gone through from 35 to 36, um, a very intense year of my life that really kind of showed the, the, the boy and then the young adult that, you know, grew into broken eyes from whirling. Um, when I talked about um, my book, The Draw Broken Eyes, to Gosley, who um, became my uh, publisher, um, he wanted to see the work that was also in Whirling. And mm-hmm. that theme, that same idea of the story of, you know, how I thought and how I came about and how I saw the world and just figuring myself out and how I fit into things. So who I was in Broken Eyes was a single story, but it was still two very distinct stories. And so it couldn't be mm-hmm. one entity. So we published them as two books in one um, mm-hmm. because they fit seamlessly that way and, and that's really how you know one tells a much longer story one tells a very poignant sharp focused story and and then how both of those uh, it was just a, it was a very clear decision a very easy decision to, to publish them together in, in one book yeah and it works like that because there, there is a as you mentioned a note of evolution there but it is also at the same time very different conceptually so I think that is exactly the way that needed to go now Tell us about the publishing process because, you know, you just mentioned that this collection began in 2002 and now here we are 10 years later and it's complete in a very different form than you ever could have visualized it. But what was that like going through the whole let's get a publisher concept? Because, I, you know, I know some of this story, but I think our, our listeners will find it really intriguing if you could tell it in your words. Um, about a year ago, an, an awesome friend in the writing and publishing community who also writes poetry mentioned John Gosley, and to me, is you know, is a, is a point who might be interested in, in the kind of material that I wrote. Um, and from the start, you know, from the first email, he was, you know, John Gosley was very straightforward and honest and practical about the whole thing. I didn't want to hear we're going to make you rich and this is how we're going to do it. It's the brass tacks, <laughs> the, the business side of it. But at the same time, he also being a poet, you know, pushed me to 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 go into a place maybe I didn't want to or to, you know, to really to, to bring out to the page what I was saying. If I was going to say it, be brave enough to say it in earnest. And then never told me how, but, you know, directed me in a way to do it. You know, um, when I looked at them and we started talking about contracts and really things about serious about you know, the drop broken eyes, I looked at the Fjords Review, which uh, is their literary review uh, journal associated with Gossip Press. And, uh, Everything about it is high quality, and I, I couldn't see a reason mm-hmm. not to. Um, from the beginning, it was just a very fluid uh, decision, very fluid process, I mean, and, and never had a reason to doubt it. I was, I was very lucky, and, uh, and really my first big standout in, in dealing with someone with that much clout. And I think um, one of the cool things about it is 
it was your first published book, published collection, but I, it's also the first that John is doing under his name, under his imprint. Um, and that's kind of cool, too, because the work he does at Fjord is, as you say, outstanding, you know, from a quality perspective. And But this is this is even a different branch out for him, so it seems right to me that it should be, uh, it should be this for for both of you. I think it's exactly the right thing. I think it works that the relationship works, and that relationship between publisher and writer is critical. Um, you know, you you felt comfortable with him from the beginning. I think he felt comfortable with you in the same way, and the relationship was easy. So that that that's key. That right there is so key, and a lot of people um, don't know that when they start. But you know, you felt that no. right away, and I think that was that was a huge plus. No, I think I mean through experience. I mean, I, I have dealt with you know. You know, presses in the past that just did not live up to their words. You know, and right. and so I mean, John. You know, there's times where it's just like I know where this paranoia is coming from. I was like, man, I've been hurt in the past. You don't understand. You know, um, <laughs> and, he, and he was he was great in that regard too. I'm fragile. You know, um, it just, it, it, I mean, it really, I mean, it was it was great. And he he's a champ with dealing with that. You know, because and, and going back through and 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 in the in the whole process of getting published, uh, what shocked me the most of the process once you sign the contract and get to the real brass tacks of it. Is the um, emotional turmoil mm-hmm. that, that I'm with mm-hmm. because you know, poetry, as everybody knows, of course, is is to get something worked out. But so much of this stuff, as cliche as it sounds, was not meant to, to sell to somebody. It's literally me trying to work through something, or come to terms with something, or be happy about something, or how I see a sunset, whatever. Um, but to go back through uh, with the editing process that I put into and learned with Gosley on Broken Eyes, I had to apply back to Whirling. Um, and not you know to change anything drastically from what I'm saying, but just from the man today, you know how would I how would I write this out? How would I bring this up to to where Broken Eyes is? You know, right. um, and you have to, what I found is that it's reopening all these things that you had put to bed, all these things that you right. did not have to do. But to be honest, you know, to be true to it, to make this a story worth telling, you know, you if you're right. going to do it, and and it was just it. And, and thinking about that for for a year and a half, it was just that in doing it, it was just uh, just extremely raw uh, and on mm-hmm. edge, and and it showed in my demeanor. But it's just, it, I just think, at least for me, you know, it's not like I'm saying this is what gonna is gonna happen to anybody who writes poetry, but it's just it was a it was a pouring out of of everything. That by the end of it, there was like I said, that relief and that that catharsis. But um, it's, it's mm-hmm. just still very, you know, it leaves you extremely weak. Let's um, let's hear another poem from the book, please. Okay. The next one I will read. It's called A Raven in Memoriam. It's from The Draw of Broken Eyes. A Raven in Memoriam. Winged, earth-whipped, eyes too wide. A storm of cackles careens from barren trees. Chest, a muscle poured out. He is eaten with the rasping chant. I promise. I promise. I promise. Go onward into the city. Over the distracted crowd. Jump. Up. 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 Raven feathers glint and flitter like spastic, unwatched children. Plumage jets out of my elbows, spreads across the ribcage from my spine. This body's brutal allure is not healthy. It's to hide and attempting to ignore you, a tryst 
leave. The last Lady Chatterley's room was just churned up and hocked out, ready to make a place beneath my glossy breast for anything but another girl's hungry presence. I don't deny the gashed open heart is laughable, that the wicked end is sweeter. Over lips, she slips to the edge of my ear. She tells me I sparkle, that I'm full of mercury. What are you thinking? How do you feel about me? I feel you should get out of my bed. I fear that my sticky pitch feathers will cling to you, litter the ground, lead you back to my clutch of earth where another isn't needed. Your teeth taste some dangerous life. I swear isn't here. A Raven in Memorial. Now, okay, this poem makes me think of many, many things, and the first thing that I think of is your background in classics. And I'm curious about the way you constructed this to just kind of weave a little bit of Poe into it, but not so much that it's that's all that's there. That's only a piece of what's there. Right. How, How conscious of you of that were you when you did it or was that more part of the editing process the cutting back of that the, you know how did you know you got that part just right i guess is my question the the poem itself um and there's another one called there are hours and worldly metaphysics are two poems that are almost brother and sister in their construction and their the deliberateness um they were latecomers to my composition process and the fact that i had written them in part in the past um close to the same time probably in 2007 and just at the last minute found them and they did look very different. And the, um, the story I wanted to tell could so dangerously slip into something self gratifying, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, but the, the, agree, that yeah. poem, that poem is, 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 is not to do that at all. When I wrote right. that poem, the feeling of that was a general idea of, and it, it comes with the, the dark moods of, you know, the black dog as it were, but, you know, and the feeling of I don't understand what you're attracted to, mm-hmm. um, and he, and that again is an idea that that you know oh I'm gonna get the right bike when I was eight years old. You know, you've got to stay. It's being <laughs> honest. It's, it's being true. I, it was. A, it's more of a disgust with myself. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's what I meant by you know. And an example of going back to that summer. I mean, really, there's no mm-hmm. particular person involved. There is no one. She is the feeling from this one summer living in Atlanta. And uh, Morgan Falls Station off of Roswell Road. Um, maybe I get cheaper rent there if I move up there now. But uh, when I was, it was this whole, it was you know, with me, there's there's so many things and, and periods that are very intense and short and blocks. And this is one of those poems that at the end of that summer that just came out of me. Um, and so when I went back again, you know, like so many poems I write, it's in this burst, and then I'll save it sometimes and forget about it. And so when I come back, I've got to figure out where I'm, where I was. But with that one, it didn't take me long at all. Once I read it, I was right back there. So it was carving that not to be – so much of it was also cryptic, like in my language, only what – you know, if you weren't me, you wouldn't know. Right. And to be honest, to not be cliche, that's where you've got to stand up and go, you know, sometimes I can be an ass. You know, sometimes <laughs> I've got to be around, you know, um, and, and, and not ask for pity for that. It's just part of the story. And um, it, that was something I focused on, not to go back to – you know, to, to explain some dark side of me, but – 
if I'm going to actually do this and lay out the story, then, then it all needs to be there. And there was hesitation with that in some points. I'm like, maybe I don't need to do this. But again, if you, if you didn't, it's, it's not, it's not going to be something that anybody wants to, to read or be a part of or spend money on. You know, it's just not. Um, well, so and it's, the, it's the, not like an said, easy thing to do, right? It's not an easy thing to do, but you're, you're making a, the craft of it. Um, sometimes can be a little distancing, but it doesn't serve to distance the reader, actually. I, I think it serves to embrace the reader in a little different way, the way you've, you've, you've composed it. And I think that's a right. good thing, actually. Um, for the for you as a reader as well as uh, for you as a writer as well as for any general reader to pick it up, I think it actually enhances that experience and doesn't feel um, so voyeuristic. Do you know? Right, I agree. Um, in terms of when you write, how you write, and all the rest of that, do you sit down to write every single day? Does it happen like when the mood hits? Is it the kind of thing that you, you're disciplined about or very open to whenever it happens? I mean, there's always spontaneous moments. I mean, that's why you've got your standard little, you know, black notebook with you and a pen to, to have those moments that you jot down. But um, for me, I mean, it is work, and you do set time aside, and you take it very seriously. Um, mm-hmm. I think what holds a lot of people back and what held me back these are things that I'm figuring out. I, I don't have answers, but, you know, it's, it's that you, you do. It's, it's For me, anyway, it was almost like, well, it's poetry. Okay, well, you know, it's you know it's quality enough to, to get some attention, but, you know, no, don't make that but. Don't do that and. You know, it's a job. So, yes, you – like with the, the editing for my book, I've not written so much um, because it's sitting down going line by line by line and preparing for the second edition and getting everything in line, you know, going over those checks and balances and, and being very specific. And, and and taking time out of every day, no matter how you know tired you are, because it is a job. And you know, I think that that there's so many people that have made kind of light of it that I think many poets have got infected with that idea. I did for a long time. Um, mm. And it, it it you know it is a business, but for me to primarily write and like now that that I'm getting clear of of, of the edits for the second edition, um, I, I feel that urge to write again. Um, I've already started on a third book, but like it's it's the me on the other side of Broken Eyes where the sun is out and the flowers are mm. out. So now I feel that surge again, and I can't wait to get home and back in my study where it's the one room that's almost looked the same since I was 25, you know, with all the artwork <laughs> and books and things that I've collected. I mean, I can have a milk crate and a, you know, black and white TV outside and be fine with one bowl and a spoon, which is sad. <laughs> and it's so sad for me to admit. But, you know, but the one room that, that I can come to that's, that's, that's it's really like a projection of what's inside my head. And that's not to brag because as much as you'll find, the, you know, Othello and, and works by Rick Bragg. You'll also find, you know, the family guy and Afro you know, Samurai. And like, so I'm not bragging about that, but it, it's just, I, it is about space for me. Uh, there are times that I'm outside. That come to my study. Well, you know, that you're answering a question that I was going to develop into the next question, but I think you kind of did that for me. So I don't want to like rehash it and all, but I I think it's interesting that, you know that space speaks to you, or, or or opens you up in such a way that you can you can hear what you need to write. I think that's kind of an awesome thing, and that you're still right. yet and still open to inspiration out when you're out and about in the world. That you you know you can do both of those things, um, and I think that's kind of key to the whole process. If you if you're really going to take it to a different level, what what do you envision? What do you envision the um, structurally for the new book? You know, is it going to be longer poems, shorter poems, different poems, or is it still evolving? Um, it, 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 it's evolving, but it, it does have the, the backbone of what I've learned up to now, of course. Um, so I'm very mm-hmm. eager 
to write poems now, you know, of mm-hmm. right now to see what comes out of me, and then the editing from that. The the working that title now um, is the Black Moon Creeps. Um, there's a there's an eagerness in it to see what's next. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, and part of that in my personal life, and looking at the MFA programs and looking at the other side of things. Now that that you've 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 got you know you've had that Dante's walk through a dark wood for a while, um, <laughs> but I know that the Black Moon Creeks really doesn't isn't the title that evokes like sunshine, <laughs> but it, it has a lot of um, also like Southern Old South fables that I've I've written um, actually back from college too, to kind of add a same undercurrent uh, below the Mason Dixon that, that all of my work has. Um, not yeah. intentionally, it just always works its way in. I mean, when, as I talk of now, you know, I look at a, another part of my past that tells the same story, and, and that's this other set of poetry from, you know, a very unique childhood. So, I mean, I'm very excited about this book and, and uh, to, to get more to it. So, I mean, again, this, you know, Elton Porter, my, my publisher, the best friend, has to remind me, like, you've you got to sleep, man. I was like, well, no, I've got this novel. I've been working on it forever. It's three in the morning, dude. I've got a, I've got a baby, and my wife is, is going to punch you in the face when she sees you next time. So... We'll talk about this in the morning. Um, no, it, it, there's a lot of good energy around me now, and, and uh, I'm ready to get started on it. And it's interesting what you say, that the Southern, there is a, such a Southern quality to your writing. And I don't want to refer to that as a motif or anything that that um, trite, because it's not. It's, it's part of your voice. It's just part of what you write. And it, it appears in imagery. It appears in language particularly. And it also um, appears in style. So I think that that's uh, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's one of the things that works very well and runs nicely through your work. And I think that's that's encouraging to see that you know evolving along with everything else, a continuous theme. Um, even if you go off into other directions, topic-wise, that will hold it all together as a body of work. I think in a in a very um, you know it puts your imprimatur on it, and I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, you've been doing some readings and uh, promotional kind of things on the road. What's been the most fun thing about the readings themselves? Honestly, reading aloud and, and practicing, you know, inflection and, and actually acting it out. I'm a huge fan of, of you know, Samuel Clemens. And <laughs> I, I just, you know, just to, the, the stories I heard of him and, and, you know, the Mark Twain, you know, to, to, to mm-hmm. capture some of that fire. You know, so that's fun yeah. because you, there's so much here and then, and, and just, and it's fun as much as it is sometimes, you know, I'll read a poem and I'm like, wow, man, I was really feeling awful right now, you know, but, it, you know, and, and feeling <laughs> that bit, but still, well, then how do I say that? Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 that part of it is, has been a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, afterwards having someone that you don't know, you know, that's not family and kind of indebted to buy your book, you know, be excited <laughs> about it. And once you, you know, decide it and, you know, and like the first time, I, again, I don't think about it. Uh, but you know, I want you to sign the book. I'm like, oh, I've done this. What do I do? You know, okay, what's your name? You know, and and, and, and well, now what do I write? You know, do you want to sound you know snooty? I don't want to sound too friendly. What you know, I'll, I never really thought about this part of it. It was always the writing. You know, so coming yeah. out on the other end, you know, it's doing the readings and then planning a tour schedule and then having dates and you know being reminded not to be late for things constantly, which. I need to be yeah. like, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just it's it's been it, it's 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 liberating, really. It truly is. I, I've Tell enjoyed us it immensely. Where we can find the book? Where is the book available? Um, to to really help out the press, uh, 
I was, you know, to, to go to the Fjords Review, um, which is www.fjordsreview.com, you'll find that there. Um, you can see the, the journal, all of it's there, and it keeps the money within the press and, and allows them, you know, they've got new books lined up, and it, it keeps, you know, it, it keeps the, the press going and, and the books coming out. Um, but it can be found, and, you know, be able to order it through Barnes & Noble and, and all of that. Um but, uh, we like it, it to sounds, support independent press, so I would definitely encourage do, everyone to go to Fjord and, Review and check it out. Absolutely. Now, we are totally out of time, so I want you to finish with a third poem from the collection. And, uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> this poem is called, I Saw the Clan Today. Morning headed to Bell's. Clansmen haunted the courthouse. I was eight. Virginia seed. Some folks like to live ugly. Her almond knuckles pale on the steering wheel. Our car sped up. She had wild eyes on those violent phantoms. And wedding white faces tight behind the bed sheet. They were chanting. Virginia patted my knee. Don't even look at him, baby. At home, I slept in her lap. She hummed to go tell it on the mountain. Praying, I grew into a man who witnessed wrong. It became a blade against it. My mahogany mother squeezed me, smoothed my hair, sad at the state of our world. I saw the clan today. Now, you know, that's my all-time favorite of your work. So I'm so glad you read that one. It makes me very happy. It's such a visual piece. It's such an evocative piece. And it just speaks to so many different things. I think it's a really, really great poem. So thank you for that, Cliff. That made my day. No problem. No problem. Um, so I urge you all, George Review, Charles Clifford Brooks III. The book is called Whirling Metaphysics. And... Um, it's a it's an interesting thing you're going to like because you're going to hear the stuff that you've heard here tonight. You're going to see it in that book, but you're also going to see his um, very different piece in there as well. It's two books in one, and I think um, it's a must-read for anyone who's interested in the structure of poetry, the evolution of story, and uh, just the different ways in which you can tell something without being limited by structure and space and time and all that other cool stuff that we like to limit ourselves with. Um, I wish you all the best of luck with this book. I think it's going to be a great hit, and I can't wait to see the next one. Thank you. And if you want to give us an update on the next uh, next reading, anyone in your area might be able to go to, anything coming up that we need to know? Um, right now there are being uh, a lot of uh, readings scheduled for the last week of uh, June. Uh, John Gosley will actually be reading with me. Um, we'll have those posted. They're still getting worked out now. Uh, we have a few, you know, a few leads and some put down on the paper, but uh, we'll actually have all that up soon. But the, the last week in June, if you're in the Athens or Atlanta area, there's going to be some exciting stuff going on. Awesome. So I urge everyone to go hear these two men uh, read together because that, <laughs> that, that would definitely be an awesome evening of poetry. And uh, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your night to spend time with us. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am.
Thank you for listening in, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you find inspiration in this and you uh, you write something. More importantly, that you pick up a book from an independent press like Gosley's book, uh, Gosley's publication. Um, read Fjords, read, read this book here, read the next book he's putting out, and um, make an independent publisher happy this weekend. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.